Good morning, good evening, and good night, listeners and readers. I welcome you all to Bud Talks Podcast, episode 119. My name is Bud, right under Bud Hansen, but a lot of people know me as TK Terrell. Haven't recorded in a while. A lot of you who have been following me understand that I am writing and editing a novel. It's a nonfiction, uh, literary fiction at the moment called Bourgeoisie. And a couple months out from putting that out, uh, I do want to thank all my GoFundMe supporters and donors who donated. You'll likely be the first to receive a copy, of course, if you do follow VehicleDigest.net. You um, will probably get an update on that as soon as I am close to publishing and I'll have audiobook, ebook and hard copies available on Amazon.com and also some giveaways. So keep an eye out for that later this summer. Kind of going back to a creative journaling series that I put out last summer. A lot of people... I haven't really promoted it too much, but I do talk about it every now and then. And I I wanted to go back and clean up the manuscript and kind of clean up the wording because, again, it's a creative writing series. But I I re-termed the series as Bud's Creative Journaling Series because what it is is pretty much me creatively thinking or more, should I say, creatively meditatively speaking and writing my thoughts and putting it in a series. So the first book I actually put out, let me just kind of give a little bit of context and history around an eye between my haiku. It's a creative journaling series. There, There will be five parts to the series. And again, an eye between my haiku was self published. It was released I released it September 19th, 2019, and it was a creative writing series I literally thought of doing off the top of my head. I always always wanted to do it, but the the thing is it kind of came at an odd time. I was kind of going through a lot with some other, you know, life, life happens. Um, A lot of, a lot of emotions was, uh, should I say suppressed writing this book, so there's a couple of pages I want to read. I'm not going to read the entire book. It's kind of one of those things where, I mean, if you don't really understand what I'm talking about, it could be really boring. But I wanted to kind of bring a little bit more, again, context and history into my creative writing, and, uh, my I guess my passion for it, where it comes from, and just a little um, insight on the conversations that I have with my path, my journey, and myself that's actually in the book. So first, the series, An Eye Between My Haiku, or excuse me, book one of the creative journaling series, An Eye Between My Haiku. And again, there's going to be four of the books that's going to be written over the next couple of years. The Hand of My Haiku will likely be book two. A Nose Beneath My Haiku will be book three. The Tongue Beside My Haiku, book four. And I'll likely close it out with two ears, which hear my haiku, excuse me, two ears, which hear my haiku. The series book covers you'll see on the copy on vehicledigest.net, um, where you can go to Bud's books, the posts you'll probably 
listening to this podcast on has all the covers. The covers are kanjis. Um, if you know me well, I grew up learning Japanese and I'm not fluent in it, but I can probably speak it enough and get by if I was there for, I don't know, about a month. Um, the Japanese is growing up was my second language and kind of going back to haiku. The book started off with me writing haiku on a very hot summer day last. It was actually August 28th last year, last summer. And I actually have a a promotional post that's kind of talking about the day I started writing this book. And it was a day, I'll, I, it was a really hot summer day. And I actually flowed the river and kind of had a blissful experience as that actually last summer was a summer I was experimenting with a deeper sense of meditation and kind of had a sense of, you know, awareness of my surroundings and kind of took it home with me and put it in a book and put it in haiku between each chapter of and and I between my haiku. So again, back to my creative journaling or should I say journaling journey of life. Um, if anybody remembers Doug funny from Nickelodeon dear journal, and he used to write about that asshole, Roger Klotz and his crush, Patty mayonnaise. Um, I, I literally kind of follow suit with writing in my journal when I was probably in kindergarten, first grade, and I would journal my days and just journal the frustration of, I don't know, being in school. Cause I wasn't really a advocate or not advocate. I, I just didn't like school. So I always looked forward to going home and watching Doug funny and seeing what he journaled about and acted like I shared his frustrations. I had a relatively great childhood, but you know, as I got older, you know, the journaling journey kind of took its turn. And if anybody's listened to my, my, uh, I think, maybe the first, second episode I was talking about in college, how I would journal some very, very, very disturbing, um, entry journal entries during college. And that was kind of taking me back to why I was journaling. And it was to pretty much put my thoughts on words. You know, I never really grew up with, I mean, I had like a lot of close friends, but no one to actually talk to. So it was always just me and my words and, Journaling through the ages, through, you know, growing up has always been my outlet. I still journal daily now. It's kind of my uh, my go-to. And once I'm done with this next journal I'm doing, and this is a personal one, not, not the series I'm writing. I want to actually go back and read it because it started back in 2016. And uh, it's three years ago. So I have three years of uh, literally my hands. I was looking back the other day, actually earlier today, and it's like uh, a lot of scribbles, you know, kind of tells the focus I was in at the moment of journaling. But anyways, I want to go into reading uh, page 13 of an eye between my haiku and kind of explain if you have the book, thank you for purchasing it. I might have a giveaway to it. And if you have any questions about the odd language that I write in, keep in mind it's a meditative state of mind that I'm expressing in the book. So it's creative writing. It's raw. It's raw creative writing. So there is no intention of having a a meaningful impact. There is no intention to draw a certain type of individual to appeal to it. This is 
literally word art, you know, um, you can call it a book of bullshit, but if you can appreciate an open mind, if you can appreciate a, a showcasing of a meditative soul, this is it in the eye between my haiku book one of a creative journaling series. And I like, a, I like to call it my public journal aside from vehicledigest.net. This is just my way of expressing not only how I see the world, but you know, when I, when I was keep in mind, this was almost a year ago when I wrote this. So this was me suppressing emotions, frustration, a lot of um, just stuff I was going to and channeling a higher part of myself to actually express these innovative words, innovative haiku and write a book pretty much. So this is my work, my word art. There's two conversations in chapter one that I have with my path and myself, and I'm going to read these and explain it. I actually have never explained it, so excuse me if I kind of, I wouldn't say stumble up, but I'm going to have to read it slowly. But um, again, I'll, I'll open up to anybody who wants to. I mean, if you read this book, if you're listening to this podcast in a couple months or years from now, and you want to ask me a question about any of the words in this book of an eye between my haiku, which is available on Amazon, ask me. Yeah, I'm pretty open to it. You know, a lot of these words are coming from a really, really, really deep place. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to stop talking. So the top of page 13 starts off with a conversation with myself. What do you envision? Asking is your path. It's internal. Hard to say. Responds the self. You're clever. Are you in the want? I'm often in the want, and we cannot change that. I seek that my I seek what my path lay in front of me. You seek, therefore you want. Oh no, don't you dare lead me into treachery. As the asserting self lie, ego would spin in aspiration. Desire would soon take over the mood, first infiltrating into the gut, moving up a dire nerve to end at the headlights where auras are perceived. Think much for pain. Breathe every moment to keep it in its lane, creating a rule for it never to pass again. Does that sound insane? So the conversation uh, starts off with what do you envision asking is your path? So the path is asking me, the self, what do I envision? I say it's internal, hard to say. And if you read chapter or the first couple pages, uh, I think it's 11 and 12, I was talking about how the mind and body, you, you come to a point in your life, let's say life is a journey for in this case, you come to a point in the journey where you have to make a decision and you don't really know what the answer is. You don't really know what you'll decide, whether it's, you know, do I take this job? Uh, do I continue in this relationship? Uh, hell, what do I eat tonight? And it's typically the answer is always there. I, so I've been meditating a lot more deep since the COVID um, pandemic because it's not, <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's not much to do. I mean, go out and there's people wearing masks and there's a lot of fear and certainty. I think things are getting better, but things are starting to pick back up in terms of the cases. So um, aside from that, I hope everybody's being safe and um, staying well, clean, sanitary, 
but for the for the most part, you always have a decision to make. And I deeply believe that, and I only believe this because since meditating in you know my deep states, my decisions are often at the gut. Meaning, I mean, people always say you know follow your gut, but then we have this brain thing. We have this mind that spins, and the spin is kind of the calculating of decisions. I mean, it's the mind will go there it will go here and you kind of alter between it's like calculating, you know, best outcomes, you know, um, kind of a worst case scenario. And the conversation is, you know, the self answers, it's internal, hard to say the self understands that what the self and the body, the mind is envisioning, it is internal and it's always hard to say. So you come to a point and you kind of know it, but your mind's going to kind of trick you into thinking that you don't know, but deep down you kind of want to say, and a lot of times there's also influences that might hinder, delay any decision makings. So it kind of comes to the next point where the path will ask, you're clever. Are you in the want? So in the want, meaning desire, I mean, we all have eagles. Eagles always, I mean, desire is one thing that once you kind of get an understanding of it, the fundamentals of desire, there are ways you can channel it to, you know, be in the best place to make better decisions. So the, it continues, I continue on saying I'm often in the want and we cannot change that. I seek what my path lay in front of me. So uh, this is again, talking about, I'm going to go for what's in front of me. And in the, the path responds, you seek, therefore you want. And then the self responds, Oh no, don't you dare lead me into treachery. So I end that with as asserting as the asserting self lie ego spin would spin an aspiration. So then the ego takes over. The ego is going to create these rules and hierarchy of different, you know, past desires, emotions, and make a decision based on how are we going to look better maybe. And that's where the aspiration comes from. But in the beginning, the path is pretty much already kind of tripping the self up because we have, again, this mind that spins and it's, it's kind of one of those things where you really start to dive deep into it once you're into the self-awareness realm of things. And what I mean is, um, the best way I can explain it is, is if you, if you're a total and total awareness of yourself, your feelings, your emotions, your state of consciousness, consciousness, and your state of, I guess, well-being, you, you do understand all your, all your ways, all your outcomes, all your, I guess, what's going to counter in and factor into a decision. So as ego starts to put that, put that together, I like to say, you know, you kind of have to meet it in the middle. Because again, ego will always be there. You kind of have to 
it's the mind. I mean, the ego is only reactive. So as you know, you're reaching these points in a journey to make a decision, your ego's reacting to these and it's only going to be there to try to protect you from, I mean, it's going to protect you from first getting hurt. And then it's also a, a, a memory thing. It's a part of the mind. So it's a reactive in the sense that it's going to protect. Um, it's not really creative. The, the ego is an illusion. And in fact, I, I only say that because when, once you get to a deep state of meditation, you'll start hearing yourself speak in a way that isn't really, I mean, I mean, this is kind of like really getting down to the weeds of a really deep sense of awareness. And that's, that's kind of where I conclude that conversation when I say desire will soon take over the mood first infiltrating into the gut moving up a dire nerve to end at the headlights where auras are perceived. And the headlights meaning the brain. Think much for pain. Breathe every moment to keep it in its lane. Creating a rule to never pass again. Does that sound insane? It is insane. So think much for pain. Breathe in every moment to keep it in its lane. So the breath is, I've always said the breath is one of the most powerful. It's like the God of breath. You know, the breath is a very pa- powerful energy because it empowers our minds and empowers our spirits empowers our, you know, if you're an athlete, you know, you take a deep breath and you're able to do some crazy things that people are entertained by, you know, people are taking a breath to, you know, make millions of dollars on a basketball court or on a football field or whatnot. And taking a breath is also how you kind of center your attention and your emotions. And those desires are actually channeled from there. So kind of going back to the decisions you make, you recenter yourself with the breath so that you can keep the pain of what the ego might create through emotion or the illusion. And that breath will put you into a better perspective to move forward. So creating a rule for it to never pass again. And I think I was just saying that because, yeah, it sounds insane because I mean, a lot of people forget to breathe. I, I forget to, well, been better about it, but often in the past, I have forgotten to breathe and just remembering to take a breath. It is insanely helpful and it does recenter you so that you can make better decisions in life going forward. And that, that is the first conversation in chapter one that I wrote when the path confronts you with a question and the path is you, by the way, the path is no, this isn't a road. This isn't a, you know, it, it's kind of a an, an delusion to say life is a journey because I think life is more of a dance. You just kind of have to learn how to dance to its music. I mean, whether it's people, your job, your career, you know, journey, journey's journey's fun to say. I mean, I like to say journaling journey, but that's because when you're writing a lot, I mean, you are writing in a straight line. I actually said that in page 12 or whatever. I don't know. You, you'll see it, but right in a straight line, it's kind of like you're going in a straight journey, but you can dance to these words too. If you really know how to read between the lines. Anyways, uh, the last conversation of chapter one that I want to read is on chapter or excuse me on page 14. And again, this is my first time actually breaking this down. So hopefully it's making sense. If it's not, let me know. Chapter 14, I'm going to start mid top where it says picture life as a fortune. 
So I just heard fireworks and kind of jumped me a little bit. Happy 4th, everybody, by the way. Here we go. Picture life as the forger, never home but seeking daily solitude. It's not fun, but a feeling with breath to ensure the next step come undone. He speaks to self in silence. We'll take this path, Eagle suggests. Oh, shut up. That path may veer easy because it too prayed into death, responds self. Isn't that what we are here for? We must experience life's visual first. What's the matter? Same as old. Old is not new. I repeat, I, excuse me, I repeat my breaths to transpire a glorious view. You could regret this, warns the ego. Regret, regret is not only a transgression. I'm going to read that again. Regret is not only a transgression. It hinders novel thought. So this is interesting. Um, picture life as a fortune, never home, but seeking daily solitude. You know, I always, always had the dream of kind of going out and the, the forager is kind of someone who goes out and I guess is freely living life, but at the same time, doesn't have a home, but is on his journey of solitude. However, that might be, I mean, that's a very free spirited drifter, I would say. And again, going back to the breath, the breath is kind of what ensures the next step come undone. So I, I talk about this later in I think maybe chapter three or four, but um, the next next step come undone is kind of a, a, a thing of faith. You know, you take a, you know, you never know your next step is going to be there, but you take a step forth in faith. You know, it kind of comes there with the breath you take. This conversation is actually with the ego. So we'll take this step. Ego suggests. Oh, shut up. That path may be very easy, but it's too prayed into death. So I was thinking, you know, we, whenever the ego, I was talking about how the ego is reactive, protective, you know, it will suggest, I say it, I mean, this is the mind kind of going through its process of elimination and, and whatever the, your decision processing would be. It, it does tend to create an illusion that, you know, you have to do the same thing over and over. It's not a creative aspect. When you look deep within yourself through meditation, you will find original thoughts and it's not really derived from the ego because once again, it's uh, more of a reactive and protective thing. It doesn't mean that I'm not saying that a ego can't be creative or an original thinker, but I, I think it's more so has to do with protecting yourself from uncharted waters, uncharted emotions. And it will kind of drive you into things that it's almost like it keeps you from facing fears because it doesn't really want your mind doesn't really want you to be hurt. It's a survival tool. I mean, the head, your brain is a survival thing and that's kind of the main pur purpose of the ego. Um, and I'd say if you're too, it to be prayed into death, I mean, you can, try to be safe all you want. But I mean, even if you fail at something that is easy, which is what the ego in this conversation is suggesting, you could still fail. The self responds or no, excuse me. The ego says, isn't that what we are here for? 
responding to the because it prayed into death. And the self responds, we must experience life's visual first. What's the matter? And then self responds, same as old, old is not new. I repeat my breaths to transpire a glorious view. And then the ego says, you could regret this. Yeah, again, the ego saying that because it wants to protect. Regret is not only a transgression, it hinders novel thought. So I'm going to close the book here because... I feel like it could be going out of over the place with this, but whenever you don't, whenever you do something repetitive, it does kind of put you in a pattern that hinders a new experience. So I always try to put myself, especially with writing, I try to put myself in a new environment to, you know, spark novel thoughts, um, meditating in a a new place, you know, the ego will kind of tell, I I watch my ego very closely. It's not as, I don't think I have a big ego, but I think it's there in terms of, you know, when I, I I tell myself I want to do something and then my mind starts spinning about, Oh, you shouldn't do that. People might think of you differently. And that just kind of comes from, you know, a lot of people may or may not be saying one thing or another about me, but you have to, I've learned that you kind of have to forego that in terms of just fucking do it. Whatever it is you're fearful of doing. On my blog, I, I really touch a lot on facing fears and kind of going forth the forks in your forks in your road. Because once you face a fear, you kind of drive, once you drive past it, you see past the illusions of it. And again, that's kind of where that conversation sparks out of is, you know, when you're not facing fears, you're not facing novel thought. You're not really putting yourself in a situation to grow. You're not putting yourself in a situation to be aspiring, inspiring. And a lot of times, even with how I even got to this whole entire journey was facing a fear of trying to stay focused when, you know, heart's broken, wallet's broken. People don't really know what I'm going through, but for me is how do I channel all of this and continue to work through the emotions that you can't see, you can't feel for all, you know, I'm doing fine, but deep down, I mean, not really keep in mind, this book was written last year, doing a lot better today, but this is where this conversation comes from is saying, no ego, I'm not going to listen to your warning. I'm not going to listen to your protective instinct because deep down, I know there's something better. I know there's something novel because I can feel it. So when you meet it in the middle, meaning, you know, you, you go forth the forks in your road, you go forth facing the fear. feels really good once you're done, by the way. But again, I think it has a lot to do personally with me. I say this because of experiences, learning how to take a deep breath and recentering the body and the mind to really be aware of all the factors in a decision. And I think the only thing, if you're listening to this and you are facing hard decisions, sit in quietness or go to a place where you are removed from 
the factors of your decision or you remove from your original environment and kind of see what novel thought or maybe other factors come into play. Maybe talk to somebody different. You know, it doesn't hurt to ask people for opinions. And that's kind of where you can spark new ideas and kind of see what fears you may have been blindly, blindly facing and ignoring. But again, a lot of it comes from taking a deep breath and focusing on what really matters at the end of the day, which is, I mean, again, it's what's important to you. If you don't really care about this, then I mean, it's not going to matter, but we all face decisions in life that we don't know we're going to have to face until course we got to face them but as long as you have good people in our life you're well centered then i think it only takes a deep breath so once again thank you for listening to the conversations with myself and kind of a, a insight to kind of the words and emotions behind an eye between my haiku this is book one of my creative journaling series it is available on Amazon. And again, if you do have any questions about anything that is in the book, you can always write me at budhanson.com. Excuse me. You can write me on vehicledigest.net. There's a contact me page. Leave a comment. Inbox me. However, I'm on social media, Bud Writes, Facebook, The Digest, Twitter, Bud Hanson VD. And I'm reachable. I've spoke to a handful of people that reached out that do enjoy my content. And I have good people that, you know, I don't have a big following, but I have enough people that keep it, you know, keep me positive and keep me going. I'm following my heart in everything I do. So this is what I enjoy doing. And if this inspires you, please leave a comment. Again, this is Bud. TK. Appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, this is Bud Talks Podcast 119. Have a happy and safe 4th of July and hope everyone stays well, healthy, and take a breath. Good morning, good evening, good night. A deep breath.